Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Heather Fox. Hi everyone and welcome to the third season of Parent Talk, everything parenting and more. We are broadcasting out of the greater Vancouver area. I'm your host, Genevieve Kyle, mom of two. I'm also the host of Les Parents Parle, which is Parent Talk's French edition. I'm with my co-host, Heather Fox. Hi, Heather. Hello, everyone. Yes, Heather Fox here, co-host of Parent Talk. I am also a mom of two. And just before we get going today, I'd love to tell everyone about our sponsor, Leapfrog Gymnastics. So Alex and Hudson have been having so much fun at class. They go through fun circuits that are made up of specialized mats and equipment where they work on all those important skills such as body awareness and spatial awareness, strength and balance and those great social skills as well. As a sponsor, Leapfrog Gymnastics is offering our listeners $25 off their first month of classes for new members only with the promo code PARENTTALK. So for more information on programming and birthday parties, visit leapfroggym.com and we hope to see you there. Yes, of course, Alex loves it. <laughs> so today we are talking about empowering development through sleep and we have with us Anna McMillan. Anna is a pediatric certified sleep coach and a mom. Hi Anna, welcome to Parent Talk Podcast. Hello everyone, I am so excited to be with you today and to talk all things sleep and development. Well, welcome. Before we dive into today's topic, Heather, do you remember the little uh, survey that I, I kind of spread around a few of our um, few groups? groups? Yeah. yeah. So the survey was about um, which stage did you find the most difficult pregnancy, birth, breastfeeding, or sleep? And for you, Heather, what was it? For me, it was pregnancy. Yeah. And for me, I was minority. <laughs> yes, you were. And for me, it was like 80% of moms had responded with sleep. So sleep, it's such a big problem, right? And it lasts so much longer. That's what the than, moms were saying. Everything yeah. else is just a temporary thing where the sleep is years. Right? Oh my gosh, I know. And for me, I still... I gotta say, my kids are actually good sleepers, but once in a while, you know, when there's a new tooth or sickness or anything like this, oh, I still find it hard, like over and over and over and over. So Anna, welcome. I'm so happy we're talking about sleep. <laughs> Me too. It is such an important topic for mamas and for uh, caregivers out there because it can be such a challenge. Like I know when I don't have sleep, I cannot think straight at all. No, Patience is out the window. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what does healthy sleep looks like? That is a really great question. And I think sometimes there's some myths around what sleep really should look like for an infant and toddler. We're going to use the word infant and toddler kind of interchangeably with baby because until they're about 10, they actually need about 10 to 12 hours of sleep per night. So the sleep need is quite high. Um, and so 
For healthy sleep, what we're actually looking for is not necessarily that we have the right number of hours that is broken up, but we're looking for sleep that is not interrupted and consolidated. So not broken up by wakings um, and that they're able to really have good deep sleep and transition sleep cycles to be able to have the best development uh, that they possibly can. It is when a child is able to sleep safely and guide themselves into sleep and can control their own sleep that it's really healthy sleep because they're not relying on anything external to have that sleep. So they're not panicking going, oh, oh my goodness, how am I going to get to sleep? And I don't know about you, but you know, when you go to a hotel and you're like, oh, is that pillow any good? Mm-hmm. What's going on with that mattress? I don't know about that smell. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't control your own sleep, you kind of have that feeling of anxiety about like, how am I going to get to sleep? Because I know I need it. Every child has a different level of tolerance with how much sleep they need and how much awake time they can really handle. And this helps them be the best child they possibly can be without going into that just crazy manic space that we've all seen our kids go into, right? Because sleep is what gives us fuel to be able to learn and grow. So for example, a six-month-old is only going to be able to stay awake for two to three hours at a time. Whereas a three-year-old, I mean, Heather, your three-year-old just dropped his naps, right? Yes. <laughs> Alex is off and on. Oh, your yeah. mid-transition. <laughs> I, I want him to keep having his naps, but here and there, it, yeah, he's completely refusing. But he's over three now. Although I do like the earlier bedtime that came up with giving the naps. (laughs) Yes, that is a beautiful thing. It is a really nice thing. Yes. I personally, my favorite stage was around that, like that six month mark actually, where we got that beautiful little cat nap of 20 to 30 minutes where I could get dinner ready at about 5 p.m. That worked for me just great. Mm. Um, But each baby and toddler, they have a different capacity for sleep. And so healthy sleep, it always looks like it's going to be consolidated sleep. But the amount of sleep and where we're placing that sleep in the 24-hour cycle is going to be different for each age group. So how does sleep play a role in healthy development? That is a fantastic question. Mm -hmm. I love digging into this. Uh, We were actually foster parents for a year before we had our little one, and we have another one on the way. And this is really what caught my fascination about sleep, because no one had ever taught him to sleep. And so with development, it really affected how he was able to manage things. So I love looking into this topic and I just see it so much when I'm working with clients. Often when we're working with clients, a week or two after we've finished together, they'll ring me and they'll be like, and she learned to walk and she (laughs) learned to talk and oh my goodness, he rolls. Because what happens with sleep is we have two types of sleep that really play a significant role in development. Deep sleep is our body sleep. So that's all immune system, our our muscle and bone growth, our healing, um, everything that we need to thrive physically is really important. The other stage of sleep is REM and that's rapid eye movement sleep. This is where we're dreaming. 
And so this is where the really hard work of learning and development happens. So while we're sleeping, our body is actually moving things from short-term memory into long-term memory. And if we are not getting the amount of sleep we need that is consolidated and linked, then we're not actually able to remember anything. So they don't have the capacity to remember anything. And then you wonder, why can't my kid remember anything? Well, that's because they're not moving it into long-term memory. And that's really significant for development. So while we're sleeping, it's clearing out everything that's happened in a day. So if you think of like a street cleaner, over the day, there's all of this mess and this gunk. There's toxins and everything and chemical buildup in the brain. While you sleep, it's kind of like a street sweeper. It comes through and clears it all out so you can think again, right? So like 8 p.m., who can think at 8 p.m.? right? It's just pretty tough. And then as you go to sleep the next morning, you're like, oh, and now I know the answer. Now I know what, what I meant to do. Um, I know there's multiple times my husband asked me a question at 10 PM and I'm like, I don't know, ask me tomorrow. (laughs) I'll know then. (laughs) But that's because we need to clear out all of those toxins that happen with sleep pressure. Um, when that, when we don't have enough sleep, we don't get to clear out all of those toxins, which makes it really hard to focus the next day. So imagine when you aren't able to think straight and you haven't got a clear mind, and then you start that day over again. That's where we see behavioral issues. That's where we see cognitive performance and decision-making and impulse control all go down the toilet a bit, right? So when we have an overtired child, they haven't been able to clear out all of those toxins and the chemicals, and they're actually functioning on something called cortisol, which is our fight or flight reflex. And so then we don't have the ability to make positive choices. So in one study, children who had less than seven hours of sleep, 53% higher in their cognitive lack of ability to make decisions. Wow, that's huge. That is massive, right? So you're taking away 50% of their ability to make their own decisions. So then imagine the next day at daycare or school or whatever it is, and then you're asking them to then make positive choices, to think through things, to learn new skills. Oh, that's pretty hard. That's a big ask with not enough sleep. Definitely. So now what can we do to help encourage healthy sleep for development? That is awesome. I've got three really great tips for you that are going to help sleep when it comes to excellent development, because we all want the best for our kids. We don't doubt that any mom doesn't want the best for their kids, right? But sometimes it's really hard to know what to do. So first thing is we need to have independent sleep skills. So like I was talking about with those linked sleep cycles and getting that consolidated sleep, if they don't own their sleep skills, if they don't own their journey to sleep, then every time they wake up fully, then they're going to call the person who is the master of their sleep. Hey, mom, come back here. (laughs) And so that's where we end up with them having to wake up fully and it breaks up that sleep cycle, which then breaks up that cleaning out of the brain, the brain development, the sorting of the uh, short-term and long-term memory. The second thing is, I want you to try and prevent overtiredness in your children. 
It can seem like a thing that we're like, oh, really? Do we have to head home for another nap? Sure, let's have naps on the go, but let's prioritize sleep. When your child has sleep pressure and they are showing you that they are tired, especially babies, they'll give you some pretty clear cues, rubbing their eyes, they'll get a bit cranky, they'll start nestling into your neck. When they are telling you it's time for sleep, we need to respect that need for sleep. Because when we are getting to that point of overtiredness, cognitively, they're not able to then pace themselves, they're not able to self-soothe or regulate from that point. The next thing that you can do is allow them to have some independence in their day. I know that sometimes as a mom, I know as a first time mom, I was like, I want to be up in her business all the time. I want to be involved with everything. But what they actually need is to know that you have confidence in them, that you know that they are great children, they're capable of amazing things. And so then they're able to start feeling confident in their sleep. When they feel confident in their sleep and then also confident in the development that's happening during the day, then we're able to see shorter developmental leaps and more skill development and more independence in a healthier way. Excellent. So how does sleep change with development? That is an awesome, I just Mm. like and love this because sleep is not the same from birth to when you're an That's old That's what grandma. I noticed. So many changes with the years <laughs> mm-hmm. and even like months, especially yeah. with the zero one, like every month is different. Oh yeah, for sure. So babies are born with only two levels of sleep, just those deep sleep and REM sleep. And so we have very limited um, levels of sleep to go through. So getting a newborn to sleep can be pretty easy as long as they're not overtired. The four month regression. Now this is the regression that everyone dreads. Just on my way here while I was coming to talk to you guys, I had my phone ring with a mama who's just like, I think this is the four month regression. What do I do? (laughs) (laughs) Panicking. And I understand her panic because she's going, it was so easy. Mm -hmm. And it was not. So what's happening in that four-month regression is we're getting two levels of lighter sleep, which means that they add a whole nother part to their journey to sleep. These light levels are where we see drowsiness and we see our kids kind of go, okay, how do I get to sleep and what is going on? That is the biggest change of sleep between like birth and puberty. The next massive sleep change is in puberty. However, we have those regressions along the way. Let's Mm. be honest. We all have the app. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Those other leaps that we experience are the regressions are those massive leaps and they're actually physical and psychological changes and skill development that's happening. And those changes and the learning that's happening there is now going to impact sleep. So it could be something like rolling, walking, object permanence is a big one. So at eight to nine months when they learn that things still exist, even though they can't see them. And so when they have this change, it's changing their world. So it's not necessarily a sleep regression. It's their other developmental progress that's affecting sleep. So for example, when they learn to roll, this gives them a whole new lease on life. 
And if you can imagine being on a boat all day and you're practicing like wakeboarding behind that boat and you're on the water all day and then you go to bed and it still feels like you're wakeboarding, that's kind of how they feel when they're learning these new skills. So they wake up and they're like, what's happening to my body? And they have to learn to navigate that whole new skill. So it's not necessarily that the sleep skills are going It's that they are then navigating a new skill that they're waking up with and going, whoa, now, mom, this is a whole nother thing to navigate. You touched on developmental leaps. So how can we support developmental leaps in terms of sleep? That is awesome that you want to be able to support your kids during this stage, because when the development strikes, we go, can we kind of panic a little bit? We kind of go, oh my goodness, like sleep's going out the window. We find it precious to us. And so then we make sure that we're like, what can I do? Can I add this? Can I add that? But the biggest key that you need to do for your kids is actually stay consistent. When a child is confused, then actually they become more and more um, temperamental about things. When they're confused, it increases crying because they're going, mom, what do I even expect here? Are you going to expect me to go to sleep in my crib or in my bed? Or are you going to change things up on me? Because we're so desperate for sleep. What we actually need to do is stay consistent and really encourage them and encouraging them in that awake time. And that awake time is working on the skill mastery. So whatever skill they're working on, that's where we need to focus our time and energy on. So for example, we were talking about object permanence where they are beginning to understand that things exist outside of when they physically can see them, right? A good way to help with mastery of that skill would be to do things like hide and sleep, seek and putting things under cups and lifting them up, opening up cupboards and seeing what's inside them, um, peekaboo, all of those kind of things. If they're learning to climb, then climbing with them and allowing them to explore because the sooner they master that skill, the sooner their sleep is going to settle down. I love that. That's such a good tip. Absolutely. Heather, have you done something like that? Um, yeah, I think just because of my background with working with children in that physical sense through Gymboree, I kind of naturally do support all those kind of developmental leaps in that physical sense. And so I guess without even realizing I was doing it, I was doing it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I did play those games a lot, but without knowing yeah. the impact that yeah. it can have uh, yeah, on sleep. On sleep, yeah. yeah. Really... And sometimes it's so hard to even identify what is the developmental leap stemming from. So we need to take a moment and listen to our kids and just sit back and watch them for 10 minutes. I did an experiment with my daughter when she was having a bit of a sleep regression and I actually got on the floor and I copied every single movement that she did for half an hour. I was exhausted. (laughs) And then I understood what she was learning because she was going from her belly up to crawling, belly up to crawling, crawling a couple of steps, rolling over. And you think of like how much development is there. But sometimes we just don't see it because we're so busy going, okay, we're going to go to baby yoga and then we're going to go to this play date and then it's nap time. But if we just stop and take a minute and go, okay, what are you actually learning here that's affecting your sleep? 
and respecting that need for sleep, but also that need for development. And it just encourages such beautiful attachment too, because then you're down on the floor with them and you're helping them through this jungle of leaps. I love it, Anna. We can find you on our panel of experts at parenttalk.ca. Where else can we find you? So you can find me cruising Instagram anytime at Little Inks Sleep on Instagram and Facebook. But you can also find us on our website, littlewinksleep.com. And on there, you're actually able to book a free 15-minute call with one of my certified sleep coaches. So if you're not even sure what is going on with your kid, you're like, ah, I don't know if this is good sleep, what's going on? Just book a free 15-minute call and let's dig into it. Find out what's happening with your kid and give you some tips to help you have the best time possible with your kid. There's no need to dread sleep. Oh, I love it. That's really generous of you too. That's oh, really nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, that concludes today's episode. I want to thank you, Anna and Heather, for taking the time to be here and helping us be the best parents we can be. Don't forget, if you want to hear a little bit more about Heather and I, we are releasing some mini episodes called Remo Moments, where we talk about what's happening in our daily lives as mom. If you have a question or you would like to join us on our show as a guest or as an expert, please visit the Contact Us section on our website at parenttalk.ca. If you are near us, don't forget to check out LeapFrog Gymnastics and get you $25 off your first month of classes with the promo code PARENTTALK. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can always subscribe directly to this podcast on our website at parenttalk.ca. If you enjoyed today's episode, we are inviting you to share it on your social media. As we all know, ladies, <laughs> parenting can be hard sometimes, especially when we talk about sleep, right? So it's important to laugh, keep learning, cherish your village, and be true to yourself. Parent Talk is a safe space for everyone. Thank you for listening and have a great week. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner.